Uh, do you want to turn your uh, LF detail down just a couple notches? Well, I just turned it down quite a bit. Oh, did LF you? Oh wait. What's your What's on. your LF detail on your enhancer? One. Oh wait. I'm sorry. I have the HF. I turned down. Sorry. Oh, turn, turn your HF guy. up. How about that? Is that better? Yeah. So not so much bass. Yeah, it's definitely less. Okay. It's not. A, it's It's about the bass, not about the treble. <laughs> <laughs> There was a song. There was a song like that. Yeah, Megan Trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody gets that. All right. Let me know when I gotta hit the record here. All right. Well, whenever you can hit record, whenever you want. I am recording. Yay. Welcome back to another episode of the Pandemic Guitar Podcast, where two guys that seem to have 300 hobbies between the two of them get together every two weeks to focus on one of them for about an hour. When you've got two squirrels hanging around a nut farm like Tim, that's me, and Rick. Hi, everybody. You need someone like Amanda. Howdy. To keep us on track. How's everybody doing? I'm, I'm tired. Same. Same here, and I hope we, I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, no. what's that commercial uh with slash from guns and roses where he's like playing and they're like okay that's enough you're in uh, i didn't see that you haven't seen it oh i feel no. like i've seen that i don't i don't remember what it was for though yeah i don't i don't remember what it's for but that's yeah i think uh you've passed the audition you're you're already in we're all here awesome yep yeah anything new since the last time we recorded i have a little bit of news Go ahead. I have a story. Oh, what was it? About a week and a half, two weeks, three weeks ago. I don't know. It was it was a little bit ago. Um, I had a the, a local high school utilizing my armory for a week, about four days, really. They basically had people from the community bring in trailers, like farm trailers and so forth. And after school, the high school kids would come in and they would work on building their floats for the homecoming parade. And I didn't really stick around too much because that's kind of more of a recruiting thing. So I let my recruiter kind of spearhead that. Uh, but Thursday was the night that uh, everybody came in. They pulled their floats out. They staged and they had their parade. Friday morning, I walked in and my armory was a little bit more messy than what I normally would expect it to be, but I'm like, I'm just too busy. I don't care. The recruiter comes in and says, hey, did you uh, see that somebody left a guitar? It's like, what? So we go out to the drill floor and on a table is sitting an Ibanez acoustic guitar. Wow. I'm like, well, this is cool. So I grab it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play this thing. And I'm like, all right, it's a little bit out of tune. Uh, so I, I grabbed, uh, I used the really horrible, and I'm going to call Fender out for their um, their app, their Fender Tune app. It's horrible. And I didn't even need it in this particular case, even though I started with it, because then I realized that this was an acoustic electric, so it had a built-in tuner. Turned it on. Everything's a little flat. So I start tuning it, and it's getting worse. And I look and the bridge is just lifting up. The only thing holding this bridge to the body is the string pins, the six pins that hold the strings in. I'm like, oh, crap. So I, I loosen everything up, and I put it back on the table, and I'm like, well, not my problem. And, <laughs> and nobody came. Nobody called. Nobody knocked on the door. Nobody. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take it home. I'm going to clean this thing up because it's just absolutely filthy. It's road worn and uh, put it all back together and, uh, you know, maybe maybe try to find the kid who left it there. So I uh, clean every, I bring it home. I clean it all up. I put the uh, I try to glue the bridge back down, but the body is lifted just a little bit. And at, at that point in time, I thought maybe that was normal. So I glued it, I let it sit for uh, a day or two, and then I went to go restring it, and the bridge popped off again. I'm like, oh, oh crap, all right. So I cleaned it all back off, went to go re-glue it, did a little bit more research, and that's when I'm pretty 
confidently found out that, yeah, that top of the acoustic guitar is supposed to be flat. So I don't think I can really fix this uh, unless I replace the entire top. That might be, but, uh, oh, you at least got to take the top off and fix the, uh, the uh, bracing underneath. I, I used an endoscope to try to get in there and look around a little bit. I don't see any issues, but doing a little research, I, I've found that apparently there can be an issue that you just can't see until you get the top off. That's true, but at least you're trying. Yeah, you know, the way I look at it is at this point, nobody's contacted me about the guitar. So I assume that it was just broken and left because nobody cared about it. Uh, my recruiter thought maybe it was a prop, but looking at this particular acoustic guitar i i think it's like an ibanez age if i remember right hmm. and the new model to buy one right now today is like 350 dollars. nice so i'm like this can't be a prop no could it did you sure they didn't leave me one too i'll double check when i go back to work <laughs> uh no but we talked about it i'm gonna i'm gonna hold on to it and wait until things kind of calm down a little bit and then uh, maybe this winter maybe i'll dig into it a little bit more but you know I, I just think that was really cool that you know out of all the chaos that's going on you just happen to find a guitar sitting there you know and nice. if i can fix it great it didn't cost me anything more than my time and if i can't fix it well then i learned a lot of things and it didn't cost me any money yep it's the way to do it uh yeah that's really really all i have nice um yeah i got some uh I just wanted to talk that uh, we're talking about the previous episode and my brother who also plays Ed is my brother's <laughs> name. He sent uh yeah, he sent a picture because we were talking about picks and stuff like that and how to hold them and stuff and he sent a picture in from I believe it was it was one of the major uh guitar stores and uh it had sort of like a rubber wrapper around the top half of the pick there. So um I didn't know that they even existed. I said they were uh, beanies because of the orientation of the picture. If you flip the picture upside down, then yeah, I would say koozies. Okay, yeah, that makes sense too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, just silly looking. Yeah, I had I had no idea they existed. I did at uh, one point. I did try. You know that stuff that you buy to put uh, uh, on like a screwdriver or something like that. I'm sorry, not a screwdriver, but um, the uh, you got a pair of pliers and it doesn't just metal. And they sell something you can dip the ends, ends in, and it coats the ends. And I did that with um, guitar picks one time, and eh, sort of, they worked out okay. Is that kind of like a, when it dries, it's almost like a, a rubber or a silicone? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a rubber. That, it's a grippable rub, rubber that they use on the tool so you can grip them better. Wouldn't that just make your pick heavy? It makes it thicker, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you you already play with heavy picks, so, I mean, throwing that on there would just make it even thicker. That's true. Yeah. I do play with a heavy pick. What about you, Amanda? What do you, you got anything going on? Anything new? Not really. No? No, not really. Just no, I got, yeah, you got a text message like, oh, we're recording? Cool. Yeah. You know, it would be great if we had some communication. Um, uh, but I understand I'm working with two males, so that's a little hard to come by. Um, it's okay. Ouch. I'll let that burn that burn hurt a little bit before I yeah. continue. Total, totally my fault. Um, just, uh, I, I knew that I had to make, I had to either call you or text you about it and I just spaced it. And it was like, uh, cause I got busy and, uh, you know, I guess, I guess when I was home the other night, I wasn't wearing my new, uh, earplugs. So, and mom, mom and I were talking, so I'd lost track of time. <laughs> see if I was, see if I was wearing my earplugs then I'd, <laughs> I would have remembered. I Were guess. you playing your shovel guitar? So if you play a quick little tune, dig a hole. Play a quick little tune, dig a hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. yeah, so you know how we were talking about the, the last episode, Tim, when you um, kind of brought up the story about you only knowing so many chords of a uh, song from Nirvana. Do you have $250,000 on you? Because Kurt Cobain's acoustic guitar is about to go on sale. No way. Yeah. Yep. No, really? There's a huge auction. Um, it's going to be uh, one of Jimi Hendrix's guitars is going to be up for auction. Uh, it looks like it's a, a it's Japanese Sunburst electric guitar. If you know what that is. Yeah, but uh, Hen Hendrix, um, 
that guitar, well, I'm not sure which guitar that is going up for auction, but I know one of his guitars has gone up for auction a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's sold Two, or not. $250,000, though. I mean. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Wow. Chump change. Yeah, or you right. could get Elvis's guitar. 1975 Martin D28, complete with the case. Nice. Nice. Well, I don't have the money to buy any of that stuff. It's got to, okay, that's got to be auction though, right? Yeah, that's auction. Okay, so what is the starting bid supposed to be? Yeah, that I don't know. Oh, it's got to be ridiculous. Probably. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit more uh, a little bit later about uh, artists and their guitars in the episode. But before we get to there or get to that point, we have a few other things that uh, we have to get through. And amazingly, we got a question from a listener two episodes in a row. Yep. Unbelievable. I thought it was a fluke. You did. Uh, that question is, what is a good electric guitar for a beginner that will not break my bank? Oh, that's that's pretty, Ooh. well, I shouldn't say easy, but uh, I did some research. No. Inflatable yes, guitar. an inflatable guitar would be the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only thing you can do is, like, put your finger over the valve and squeeze. It's almost like a bagpipe at that point. Right. Yeah. Yep. You can tape a little no. whammy bar on there. Actually, yeah. the cheapest guitar uh, is an air guitar. It... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, that's, oh, okay. I gotcha. I was a little slow to that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyhow. It's just, it it takes twice as long to learn, though. Yeah, that's true. Anyhow, uh, uh, in in no particular order, I think uh, some of the guitars I would look at if you're you're a beginner at this stuff, it would be the Yamaha Pacifica. I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. Uh, Squire Bullet, the Mustang, another great guitar. Heard a lot of things about that one. Good things. I've been I've been looking at the uh, Yamaha Pacificas actually. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're uh, I've been seeing a few of them uh, up on the um, the Metaverse Marketplace, okay. and they the ones that I've been seeing look like they're in really good condition, and uh, they're actually realistically affordable. I mean, anywhere from one hundred and ten to two hundred dollars. Yep, and uh, they come a good bang for the buck, really, with those. Yeah, and I don't think that people modify them as much as they do the Squires. Yeah, Squires are uh, pretty popular to modify. Uh, another good one would be the Epiphone Les Paul the 8LT, the, um, the light edition or the limited edition. Is that bolt-on? Is that a bolt-on or through-neck? Um, I think that's a bolt-on. I don't think it would be a, thru- okay. uh, a through-neck at the at that price. Um, okay. And then you get the go into the Ibanez. Ibanez gives you a lot of good... Um, Good bang for the buck too, a lot of lot of good stuff there. Uh, and then you get some out of, out of country guitars like uh, Solo, who I th- believe is in Australia. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they got some really good. Um, uh, they make really good guitars, for what I hear. And another one is uh, Benton Harley, which is uh, I think they're Japanese. I'm not a hundred percent sure of that. Well, you would think they'd either be um, like Indonesia, Japanese, Chinese. Yeah, so- uh, I think that's where a lot of the cheaper, um, uh, and, I, and when I say cheaper, I mean price-wise, not necessarily quality-wise, because I've been seeing a lot of decent quality come out of those countries. Yeah, actually, China and uh, Indonesia has really upped their game on the on the American market, so you can get a really really good deal on a lot of stuff, and very and they're play- very playable too. You know, one that I was going to suggest because you, I want to buy one so bad. And every time they're in stock, I'm like, eh, I don't know. But that's the, uh, that's the Xavier, uh, Les Paul. Yes, very nice. Uh, I heard a lot of good things about them. Never played one. I'd really like to play one. Try it out. Yeah, I, I, I want to get one so bad. And I, uh, the wife, uh, what was it, um, was it kiwi, the color that you sent me? I can't remember without looking it up. But the wife doesn't like that color. I like that color, um, so I, I have to. I think I'm going to end up having to go with another color in order to get her to agree. But I've been seeing also um, a company or a manufacturer, whatever, a guitar uh, called Firefly. Yeah, another good one. Um, I, I, they have. I've seen that they have a little bit of a construction issue, but it's all cosmetic stuff uh, as far as the 
the guitar itself, everybody seems to think that they're really good. I mean, when they come to the market, you have to catch them right away or they're gone. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. The Fireflies are really nice. Uh, I, I've, as I said, I never played one, but uh, I did hear they had some uh, QA issues, you know, quality assurance issues. But, uh, yeah. it, you know, I mean, it just depends. But they, but if you can look over that, they play really, really nice. Yeah, I think I mean, if you're just talking about, I mean, if, if the frets are good, everything is in line, and, you know, I think that's fine if all you have to do is deal with, oh, maybe there's some dirt in the binding or the binding doesn't quite line up perfectly. I mean, you're buying a sub $350 guitar, but you're getting the quality of something that is much more expensive as far as, I shouldn't say quality, the playability. Right. And that's what you want to, you know, you don't want the strings 12 feet off the fretboard and, you know, you don't want to have, uh, you don't want to sit. I mean, I mean, not unless you're playing slide guitar. Well, yeah, that's a different story. That's a totally different ball game. There's tons of affordable options out there. And I'll, I'll ask this. Um, what's your opinion on used guitars versus new guitars? Uh, used guitars is very good. Um, I mean, I like them. The only thing is you got to really watch what you buy. It's like the project guitar we sure. got. I mean, I got a good deal on it. And uh, I'm putting a little yeah. bit of money into it, probably about 50 bucks into it. But it'll still be... When it's done, it's going to be really nice. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I've kind of got a little project one going on too. And so far it's, uh, the only thing I had to pay for was the, um, the, uh, bridge clamp, which I think I got for 17 bucks or something like yeah. that. I like, I tend to, I like the look of the new guitars. You know, you go to the store, you look at it, you know, it's, um, it's very attractive and you know, it's yours. Nobody else has played it, but I also kind of like the story behind a used guitar when I'm, you know, I, if somebody comes over and, you know, I'm like, Oh, Hey, check this out. Here's where I found it. Here's what I've done to it. Um, you know, this is what the previous owner has said and, and so forth. So in a way, I kind of like the used stuff. Right. I think, you know, one of the things that I always look for is uh, a friend or a relative or somebody, you know, or somebody else, you know, through the, you know, just talking and stuff like that. If they have something for sale, you can at least get a, a, a good story on, you know, what the guitar has been through and what it's like and stuff like that. Where if you go to if you go yeah. to one of the box stores, you know you only you you you're only hearing what the sales guy tells you or the associates telling you. So do people like buy used guitars and like flip them? Yeah, well, it it used to be lucrative. I don't think it's uh, as lucrative anymore because uh, used the used market the guitars have gone up in price because uh, well the new guitars in general. They're made of wood. Yeah, and wood is, uh, it costs a lot of money, especially for the wood that they use, the hardwoods and stuff. So the prices of new guitars went up. So the used market is, uh, you're, you're paying them more for the used mar used guitars. And um, I mean, the guitar that I that I just bought, bought for the project guitar, I mean, I paid $72. And yeah, it was a good price for it. But I don't think I would, I, I, I'm seeing, I don't think I would pay any more than that for it. But I'm seeing now on some of the sites, bullets, uh, Squire bullets going for $200. And that's outrageous. That is outrageous. Like the, the Squire bullet is, to my knowledge, the entry level. Right. So that should be like $130. Yep. Unless they're giving you like a, um, a gig bag and uh, a small amp and a few other things with it. I don't see why you would be spending two hundred dollars. Some of the some of the sites say that oh it's a it's an old guitar it's ten years old and stuff like that and still to buy a bullet and pay two hundred bucks I mean you might as well just go out and get like a um, a standard or something because at that price you can get a used uh, Squire standard and I would rather have a Squire standard than uh, a bullet or even an Affinity. I was going to say 180 to 200 dollars should probably be what the affinities are going for, but I think the lowest I've seen them lately are like 240. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I just think that's probably a little much for what it is because there are so many options out right. there 
I think that if the Squire being the entry level fender, if you're going to raise your prices to that point, then start looking at other options. And it, it, it's kind of like that whole thing when I was a kid and, uh, you know, Nike shoes were the thing. If you didn't have Nike shoes, then you were nobody. Mm-hmm. Now I realize they're the most uncomfortable things I've ever worn in my entire <laughs> life. Oh, oh wow. You do the airwalks. Are, are those Nike? No, no, that was uh that was kind of a skateboarding type thing, you know, but you know, you just find what's comfortable and what you like and what what uh and for the price you're willing to spend on it. Don't don't focus on the brand, the name, you know. It's my opinion. Yeah, I I agree. So I think that's the only question we had. Is that correct? Yep, that was the only one. All right. So if you have a question or would like us to talk about something that you're particularly interested in, feel free to reach out to us uh, on Instagram at Pandemic Guitar uh, or email PandemicGuitar at iCloud.com. Ask your question. And each episode, as long as we get some questions coming in, we'll uh, just have a little discussion and give you our input, our feedback, and that'll be that. So last episode, I was talking about, at the end, I mentioned, what are we going to talk about in the next episode? And I I, I said to you, uh, Rick, maybe we should actually, like, if we actually have an idea that we're going to talk about, then we say, yeah, this is what we're going to talk about on the next episode instead of, well, we really don't know what we're going to talk about, so let's come up with something And after the fact, I came up with some great uh, ideas. So stick around for episode seven, where we actually have great ideas. But this one was all about the perfect number of guitars to own and or how many is too many if there is such a thing. Wow, that's a toughie. Yeah, this is this is the question. Um, I know, uh, Amanda, your answer is easy because you have so many guitars. I have. A plethora. I have I have so many. I can't even keep count. Yeah, I see all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Behold my field. Right. My it is barren. I can barely afford rent, let alone buy a guitar. So Yeah, well that's where I am. That is not a joke. I don't know. I think I think I think having um just one is not enough. No, it's not. That's right. Is it like a, a you know, a pair of shoes? You need to switch them out? You need to have like things to choose from? Well, all right. So for me, I have two pairs of shoes. I have my lawn mowing shoes, or three pairs. I have my everyday shoes, my running shoes, and my mowing shoes. Those are, I, I swapped them out for whatever use I need the shoes for. This was a conversation. I actually had this conversation with, with the wife. You have one guitar and you play that. As soon as you play the a second guitar, you realize that you're playing the exact same thing, but because it's a different configuration, um, whether it be different string sizes, different pickups, different whatever, um, it sounds completely different. I would agree. And so, yeah, so you want to have, um, you know, uh, if you want to play uh, Guns and Roses. Well, they do everything. Uh, Slash does everything in this weird tuning that I haven't even found a name for. So now I want a double humbucker that I can just keep in that tuning. And when I want to play Guns and Roses, I go there. If I want to play um, Prince, well, it sounds good on my Squires. It sounds like garbage on everything else. Hmm. So I'm trying to kind of sit there and, and, and explain this and say, I need, okay, I, I have a humbucker single single. I have a Telecaster. I have a double humbucker. I need a triple single. I'd like a Les Paul. I have a six string acoustic, but I need to have a 12 string. Before you know it, I need 32 different guitars that I don't know how to play. Nice. I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of the same way with that. Um, I think that uh, different configurations are the key, uh, like two humbuckers. Uh, I would, I would, I think if I had to do it all over again, I would think I would have a guitar that has two humbuckers, 
one that has three single coils. I'd have one that had a humbucker, single coil and a humbucker, and then also a humbucker and two single coils on the electric side. I think that that would cover all my bases. And I'm not talking about tone woods or anything like that. I'm just talking about pickup configuration. And those would be my, my go-to guitars. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think, I mean, that covers pretty much... I mean, the only thing I think you didn't mention was a triple humbucker. Yeah, yeah, triple humbucker too, but, you know, they're not... Or they have a they have a humbucker single humbucker too, I believe. Yeah, they do, but still, the hum, if they have a single humbucker, it's usually in the bridge bridge position. So, yep. I mean, most of your two humbucker pickup guitars uh, will cover that. Um, you can also have a, a single um, a single coil, single pickup, like the... Uh, Oh, I think there was a Telecaster, an Esquire had a single pickup in it. But, uh, you know, I mean, there's different configurations and they're going to sound different. And But those are the three or four major ones that I think I would have. Everything else is, uh, I mean, a lot of it, uh, the other things is looking, is, is feel of the guitar. I agree to that too. I, but that's, I, I know that different manufacturers, different companies, they'll use different shape and, and size necks and so forth and i and the, the interesting is that i really liked the samic because it's a very very thin neck and now that i've utilized the samic to learn some chords and moving around and so on and so forth now i've gone back to the squire and that's more comfortable than the samic like the samic is almost now too thin of a neck for me hmm. i don't know what to say <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I, I I used to just be able to play on the Samic, have no problems. The Fender neck was uh, thicker. I always had issues. And then out of nowhere, now the, no, not Fender, Squire Fender. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm more comfortable on the Squire uh, Telecaster and the Squire uh, Bullet than I am on the Samic. But I love the sound of the Samic because it's the double humbuckers. And I think I've said before, I really like the sound of humbuckers. Yeah, they do have a, a more full sound than the single coil. But here again, I just, I don't, I like the single coils. I just like, I just like that open airy sound of the single coils. Can your taste or your, your hearing, I guess, adapt and adjust? And maybe uh, at one point in uh, time, you really like this sound with this configuration and later discover you like something different. Oh, yeah. I do all the time. That's why. So I remember uh, in the beginning, I, I said I was a Fender guy, and then Mom came back and said, "No, you're a Gibson guy." And everybody, everybody was thinking I was a Gibson yes, guy. Yes, yes. Every single person who has ever listened to this has it remembers specifically that story. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can get. I mean, I think the other the other part of this is is um, if they're solid body, I think that those basically three configurations or four configurations, just about handle everything. If you're talking hollow, you're talking a whole totally different ballpark. So, so now that's another question because I've been seeing a lot of advertisements and so forth and maybe some stuff in the news where semi-hollow bodies right. are are just, they're, they seem to be trying to regain popularity or something. Yeah. So, and I've never played anything but a acoustic and an electric. I've never played uh, a semi-hollow body, so I don't even know what it would be like. Yeah, it's a little different. They're great for songwriting and stuff like that because, well, same thing with an acoustic guitar, but the uh, the hollow body guitars, you can you can play something. You don't need an amplifier, and you can uh, quietly come up with a song or write a song doing it that way, where on most of hmm. the electric or solid body guitars, you got to plug them in to get some to listen to them or hear them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And I've been seeing, what is the, what is, uh, is it the 335? Is that what they typically call the semi-hollow bodies? Well, that's one version of it. That's the Gibson 335. Very popular. Yeah, okay, because I've been seeing that number a lot. Yep. Alvin Lee had one, uh, Joe Bonamassa. Matter of fact, uh, that's coming up in one of the things, I believe, and something about, uh, he just, Epiphone just released the Joe Bonamassa ES335. 
I did see that. And we're already, I mean, we're really there. So let's just talk about that for a second. Sure. So uh, I actually received an email about that. I hadn't heard about this or anything until you had mentioned it to me. Yep. And I can't remember, maybe it was even on Instagram. Joe Bonamassa, apparently he's he worked with Epiphone, uh, created two guitars and you know they're they have some historic meaning to him and to his career he he did a lot of work to make sure that this was an affordable guitar um so i was like oh okay okay let i'm you you said affordable you you you've piqued my interest yeah so i went out to my favorite uh box store website and i just did a search for uh bonamassa and it's the 1962 ES-335 semi-hollow electric guitar. Yep. Uh, I think it is uh, oh. 60s cherry. Yep. It's uh, it's over a grand. Yeah. yeah. $1,300. Yep. yep. I'm having trouble connecting the affordable part. But so then I said, okay, whoa, 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 wait a second. I'm always looking at the uh, ESP James Headfield uh, guitars. Okay. So I'm like, all right, let's let's take a look. So I went out and looked. That's $1,500. So I guess when I compare it to that guitar that I was actually looking at and wishing that if I won the lottery, that's one that I would get, I guess this, uh, this 335 is actually a little cheaper. Yeah. I mean, he does put a lot of... Uh... I guess I really don't know how much input he has, but I'm sure he has quite a bit of input on how the guitar turns out and uh, how how oh, close to the. Sure, I mean you're putting your name right, on it. Right. Yeah, and he's got the and I do have his uh, I do have his Les Paul, the Black Beauty, and uh, it's a three pickup uh, Les Paul Epiphone. It's really really nice. It is a very sharp guitar yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess if I had uh, if if I had a mortgage payment and a half to to throw at the wall sure why not well mortgage payment yes but not the guitar i wouldn't throw the guitar at the wall <laughs> yeah don't do that well i mean uh they have uh so on this one it's uh thirteen hundred dollars 217 a month for six months yeah is that the uh i mean three third that's the 335 yeah. the joe bonamassa i mean i guess if i didn't have any vehicle payments i would say yeah, yeah sure but, I'll, I'll throw a, a vehicle payment for six yeah, months yeah but look at the okay go out and look at what the gibson 335 costs oh i'm sure that is ridiculous i bet you it's double if not triple i bet you it's probably somewhere in the 2600 mark um okay well the gibson es335 Figured semi hollow body electric guitar sixties cherry yep. four grand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is you know. But then that takes me right back in my opinion, and and if I'm wrong or somebody doesn't agree with me, I don't care. But that goes back to buying a name. Yeah, but uh, you know if you take the Joe Bonamassa Epiphone and compare it to the Gibson, it's affordable. Yeah, yeah, true. So yeah. I just can't wrap my head around it. I can't wrap my head around a $4,000 guitar. Yeah, they're expensive, especially ones made in the USA. But are they really made? Or they're made in the USA. Um, yeah, they're made in the <laughs> USA. They're probably assembled in the USA. It's probably one of those No, things. when mom and I went down to the Gibson factory, they actually make the ES series from, I mean, it's scratch, basically. It's just wood pieces and... And stuff like that they uh they actually take and mold the um the, i don't know if you if people know what a an es series is it's a hollow body semi hollow body hollow body guitar semi hollow body hollow body yeah but uh okay it's is a laminate it's like maple and is like five or seven laminate maple on top of each other that's how they curve the body and it's a process it's really neat how they do stuff like that so it's labor intensive so the yeah. price tag is probably warranted. Right. No? And I think that, uh, I mean, Epiphone has the same process, I'm sure. But the thing is, labor is quite a bit cheaper there. So you got the labor and then shipping. I'm not saying that a $4,000 Gibson isn't worth $4,000 to somebody. Right. It's just not to me. Right. And you're paying, for, you're paying for the name, too. You know, I mean, 
Yeah. Paying, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit that goes into the name. Yeah. Right. And you, you're also paying for the, um, the name, the name is uh, out there. You're paying, you know, I mean, when you go to sell it, you're going to get the most from it. You know, if you, if you, to give you an example, if you go out and you spend $4,000 on a Gibson there and you wait five years, you'll probably be able to get that back on it. Okay. Or pretty close to it. If you go out and you sure. spend, if you go out and you spend two hundred and fifty dollars on a Benton Harley, okay, you make it eighty eighty dollars for it. You know what I'm saying? You on the used market, the rate of return on the on the Gibson but is going to be more. Buyers are also two different types of people, right? You're going to have when, co- when collectors. Yes, you have collectors, and you have people who um, are Gibson fanboys uh, or fangirls. You know. You have those people, and those are the people that are in the market for that. If you go out and you buy a $150 or a $200 guitar, you're going to play it, you're going to learn, you're going to outgrow it. You're not going to get your money back because the next person wants a better deal than you got. Right. Two complete different mindsets there. Right, yeah. And and that's that's the thing is is the, the Gibson, you have a lot of collectors out there that will pay good money for vintage and uh, if it hasn't been used, especially if it's all original, you'll uh, you'll get pre- premium dollar on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, what did? Uh, no, I don't think uh, Willie Nelson's uh, guitar that hasn't gone up for sale yet, has it? No, I think I've seen a documentary of, of the the amount of extensive work that has gone into maintaining that acoustic guitar. Yeah, I believe he calls the guitar trigger. Yeah, that sounds about right. I. I don't know without looking it up, but yeah. I remember seeing something where he has, uh, he has like a luthier like on speed dial who just consistently repairs that guitar. Yeah, did you ever see the top of the guitar? It's pretty. It's in bad shape. Yeah, yeah, and they're trying to keep it as original as possible. Yep. Yeah. It's probably- so you said that not to interrupt, but I'm going to. Uh, you said <laughs> you went to the Gibson factory. Yep. And we kind of talked a little bit about this earlier where, you know, the factory, they, they produce the parts and not every part is going to pass quality control. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine, because I've heard of this happening before, that there's a way to purchase those parts because what are they going to do? No. Nope. Maybe not with Gibson. Yeah, I, I don't know about other companies, but when we were out there, there was a big, it must have been a an 8x8 eight eight crate on the floor, four foot high, and in there was a bunch of the guitars just piled in there, and they were what they called duds. They uh, they don't sell them. They're going to bring them, they, uh, they bring them outside and crush them. I don't know what they do. They will not sell something that they don't. To me, it would almost make more sense to part it out and the parts that were good, be able to sell them to people to repair. But right. I, again, I well, guess, yeah, they probably just, all they care about is selling new guitars. Right. But the thing is that they don't want to sell, to give you an example, let's say, let's say the neck is warped or the body has a big crack in it. Somebody buys it and turns around and sells it. They don't want that reputation. Mm. So, you know, but the thing is, is these guitars that were in the, uh, in the barrel, they had no strings, they had no bridge, they had no... No hardware on them, no pickups, no nothing. They would just, yeah, they, just wood. Yeah, they failed QC somewhere along the way. Yeah, so either they had a crack, the binding was on wrong, something was something there that wasn't right that didn't pass. They were just in a big, um, big pile. So now, if they bring, mm-hmm. I've seen pictures and videos on YouTube where they bring them in the uh, bring them out in the parking lot and they run them over. I don't know if that's true or not on it with a steamroller, but I don't know. I don't know what they do with them, but I know that yeah, they Yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't think they have a steamroller. No, I was gonna know. say that would be the coolest job ever. Yes, right. Like what do you do for a living? Oh, I work for Gibson, I operate the steamroller. Yep. I cry a lot when I run over guitars. Um so I, I know we were looking at uh I don't know, Amanda, did you get a chance to jump on and find some more music history or Yeah, I did. Oh I actually did. I know I you threw a couple things out there at the beginning. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. Why not? So this was fun, by the way. Um, but let me just preface this with saying <laughs> not a lot was happening on October 20th okay. in terms of music history. So right. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna start with that. Okay. On October twentieth, nineteen fifty, Tom Petty was born. Free falling, uh-huh. anyone? Yeah, I'm I'm a Petty fan. Yeah, I like Petty. I'm gonna be honest. I had to look up what songs he sang. No. Yeah. You've been fired. Man. I, I, I really like Tom Petty. I, I like a lot of his songs. And a lot of his songs are three chords. And it's just the way that he plays those three chords that just makes his music amazing. Yep. It, it, you keep bringing up me trying to uh, learn that one uh, Nirvana song and you get annoyed at it. That's me currently with Tom <laughs> Petty. I like I can't even get something to sound close. Your poor wife. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually I bought these earplugs for her. I was gonna say she needs those. <laughs> she needs an extra pair for Christmas. <laughs> Somebody you. needs needs to make that happen in her stocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, another thing that happened on October twentieth, nineteen seventy one, Snoop Dogg was born. Now I knew this one. I knew I know Snoop Dogg. That's like my. That's, that's your like our generation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anybody want to take a stab at, uh, okay, that was weird. Anybody want to guess what his, <laughs> <laughs> what his real name is? No. Okay. This sounds like a spell, like a Harry Potter spell. His real name is Cortazar Calvin Broadus. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I would, I would personally stick with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yep. What would you say? Cortisone pimple snottus? Exactly. That is exactly <laughs> what I said. Cortisone? Yeah. Uh, and then October 20th, 1977, this was a big uh, headline. Uh, Leonard Skinner members Ronnie Van Zant and Steve Gaines died in a plane crash in Mississippi. Oh, wow. I remember that. Yeah. That was... Uh... I, well, I yeah, I don't think it was... It was just a couple of band members that died. I think uh, several were injured. No, yeah. I think everybody died because uh, I, I I thought I read that uh, uh, one of the bandmates' uh, wives was also killed as well. Yeah, that was hmm. that was bad news. Uh, uh, I had heard. Now I don't know if this is true or not, but they had just come out. They just released an album a little while ago before the crash, and it had a um, the album had them and uh, on the cover, and then it had fire. The whole out bottom of the thing was a fire, and they, as soon as the plane crash happened, they pulled it off the market. So, yeah. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I think they, they redid the cover. But if I recall that, and I could be wrong, it's that was a long time ago. That'd be kind of creepy. I could, I, I, and of course, people are going to try to draw a connection to like it was, oh, it was premeditated or yeah. something yeah. like it's like. You know, and maybe, maybe the guys were just hanging around and said, this is cool. And then a week later, tragedy happens there's no nothing that just a know. coincidence yeah exactly yep yeah that's all that i have oh wow oh all right well, i told that... you october 20th is like boring apparently well we release on thursdays so we're trying to do if we if we do music history we want to do it on the day we release uh you know it makes more sense but eh, all right well hopefully next episode we're gonna have some more music history yeah well i just i just looked up on the internet about leonard skinner and and, uh, okay yeah the the cover did have um fire and flames in the back and uh and i believe that they pulled that off i'm looking at it right i'm trying to figure that out right now i think they pulled it and um they put out another cover or something on it yeah and i think i think that's been done many times through through history, you know? Yeah. That's crazy not... how many, like, musicians have passed away like like that. Like, Stevie Ray right. Vaughan, right? I think... Died I... in a helicopter. Right. There's a, quite a few of them. Every time the Army says you need to get in that plane, I'm like, mm-mm, I'm following yeah. in the footsteps of Bon Jovi. He's not getting on a plane, I'm not getting on a plane. He knows something. Oh, really? Yeah. Bon Jovi? Yeah. From, oh, that, that, that's what I heard. I heard that that guy will not get on a plane. Huh. I mean, I don't blame him. I don't like to fly either. I don't either. It runs in the family. <laughs> well, so why don't you uh, give us some more updates on uh, what's going on with the uh, project guitar? Oh yeah, let's talk about the body and uh, the um, the body is uh, what I've done and what needs to be done and stuff like that. So one of the things I did find is uh, I did find the uh, a crack a crack actual physical crack in the neck pocket, and uh, I repaired that. They're pretty easy and they're pretty common. 
with uh, with that you know the Fender style guitars. Also, um, well, you said you said that that crack happens typically because the the claw on the bottom side is it what do they call that? Is that the bridge claw or the string tree or? Right. Well, what happens is, is the neck is supposed to fit in the pocket. Um, with uh, you're supposed to make a tight fit as possible in the in the pocket, so the heck the neck doesn't move around and stuff like that. So sure. it wants to be up against the back. Well, the, between the where the neck pocket ends and the pickup starts for the first single coil pickup, there is only about a about a half an inch or three quarter inch piece of wood there. And yeah, it's not it, not very thick. Yeah, and what happens is is that the um, the neck usually rests in that pocket, and there's a, a lot of stress there because the guitar is trying to collapse because the strings are trying to pull the guitar, the neck, yeah, the neck into the yeah, body. it's trying to compress everything. Yeah, right. So the more so the more tension on the strings, you get to put a lot of tension on the strings. You're going to pull that in. Um, you're going to pull it closer, and if the uh, screws on the back of the neck are a little bit loose, they'll pull it together and crack the crack the box, the back there of the pocket. Um, there's a lot of other things too. The neck, the claw on the bottom. Uh, people like instead of doing it the correct way and putting a wait. Oh, you got to say it again. What is it? The neck, the claw. No, the claw. It, I was yeah. totally like Inspector the Gadget. The claw. The claw. Yeah, you know, underneath <laughs> in the back of the guitar, there's a claw yeah. that holds the th springs that keeps tension on the whammy bar on the tremolo, the whammy bar thing. And what happens is, the more pressure you put on that, the more pressure is on the strings, and that can also create that situation. Also, dropping the guitar could also, if it hits the neck or something like that, and then you know. It could cause a crack in the back there too. There's many possibilities that that happen, but it's pretty common on a, on the Fender Stratocasters or any Stratocaster, even the clones, that that happens. So I did fix that. That's fixed. That's that's a done deal now. Not it's an easy fix. Um, then what I did was I cleaned the body completely, took everything out of the body, including the electronics, and then after I got it all cleaned, I put the neck back in there, um, and then. Um, now it's on to the electronics, which uh, is going to be another, uh, which will be on the next episode. And the electronics is a another thing for sure because we got uh, some scratchiness and some uh, other things when you turn the uh, volume and tone controls on and off, or up and down, I should say. But that's about all I yeah, have. Yeah, and for I think I think you have uh, a recording of that yes. scratchiness or whatever. So I when do. we get to that point. Yeah. Uh, or we, we get to the point we'll play pre-electronics and post-electronics, maybe? Okay, that'll be fine. Um, I mean, I can put it through. I got a mix of board here, so we can do that. And I know you do too, Tim, so. Yeah, we'll figure out a way to, even if we have to put it in uh, post, that's fine. We'll figure out how to do that. Yeah. Electronics is my favorite part. I, I like I like uh, taking it apart and uh, putting the... Um, the electro tape or whatever it is in the uh, in the pockets. Uh huh. Uh, you mean the copper tape? Yeah. Yeah, the copper tape. I got to roll right here. Mm -hmm. uh, I like doing that, and then I like um, I, I, I as long as everything is like open and easy to get to, I don't mind doing some soldering and stuff like that. But I know, like on my Squire, I was looking at uh, the work that you did, and uh, you had you must have like a Hubble telescope because everything is so tight and and small and like just perfectly placed and ran and i'm just like throw it in there and let's yeah. let's go well you know what i uh next time i do uh, do any work on a hollow body guitar i'll let you uh i'll have you help me yeah no that'd be cool i'd enjoy that a lot yeah because there's no access holes you know think about it how do you get the how do you get the potentiometers and stuff in there science well, Matt, yeah, science. you've got to put everything, a lot of stuff through the F holes. There's those F holes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to just, you just got to push it through. You got to, and you got to have, I have, um, like I use coat hangers, metal coat hangers, and I made tools that I can fish the wire through, uh, through the body and stuff like that and get the potentiometers in the right spots so that I can get the, um, the washers and the nuts on there. And the, yeah, yeah. it's quite, quite interesting. All right. Well, uh, we'll 
we'll uh, catch back up here in two weeks, I, I suppose. Um, yep. uh, I know that we're going to get more updates on the Project Guitar or what's going on. You said pick guard and wiring electronics. I'm super excited about that. And I also want to talk about some core techniques to learn and ways to improve, uh, or I guess some core techniques that you need to learn to improve your guitar playing and some songs that are really good for that. And I'm not talking about the out of the box canned, oh, if you want to learn how to play these songs, I'm talking about songs that are not in that box. Uh, I'm still having a hard time with what, you, what you're talking about. We'll figure it out. We got plenty of time. Yep, we will. Hey everyone, this is Tim. Thanks for listening to the entire episode. You made it all the way through. If I could give you bonus points, I would, but I just don't have bonus points to give. Anyway, we really do appreciate it, much more than you will ever know. We hope that you enjoyed the episode, even though it had quite a few audio issues. If you didn't notice the audio issues, then everything was fine. Don't worry about it but there were audio issues. The good news, we discovered what caused those audio issues, and we think that we figured out how to make it so that those audio issues won't happen in the future. We'll see. To err is human. If you want to reach us, there's a few ways that you can do that. The easiest way is by email, pandemicguitar at icloud.com. Feel free to shoot us a free email, tell us what you think, give us your thoughts and opinions, let us know what you want us to talk about. We're all ears, or I guess eyes, because email is on the computer. You can also follow us on Instagram at Pandemic Guitar. I know it's a little slow out there, but we'll figure it out. We'll get some more information, some more pictures. We'll get stuff out there. And then, of course, if you are the extreme listener to this podcast, you can always follow us at Buy Me A Coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash Pandemic Guitar. Right now, you don't have to be a paid supporter, but we would appreciate it if you would. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. Until then, we wish you many hours of playing and or fixing your guitars. <laughs>